Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. It is the Steve and Keefe Power Hour. I am the chief editor and co-owner of Ghost Cult Magazine or ghostcultmag.com, Keefe. And I am joined as always by my dear friend and collaborator and senior editor and lord and master of all the reviewers, Steve Tovey. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm good. I'm good. I've got a day off work tomorrow to go and see Iron Maiden. Um, talking about going with, uh, weirdly, uh, going with a group of friends that we've first went to see them 30 years ago when we were at college um in the same same group of going uh to see them tomorrow night so i try try to avoid setting the spoilers um but it's been impossible this time around um so it's the summer in time send you to uh combo tour but do you know what i'm absolutely delighted with the uh the set list that i'm going to be enjoying so um Genuinely never thought a couple of the tracks I would get to see live um, in my life. I never thought I'd see them play the title track off of uh, Summer in Time. So that for me. And uh, of course, Alexander the Great, which uh, the first time on this tour it's ever been been played live. So as, as you know, as a as a lifelong maiden, one of my first, first metal love, uh, I'm having a very good, very good week. So even if they, they're not on it, which I'm sure they, the reviews seem to be incredible for this tour. It's going to be a great day out tomorrow. So I'm good. No work. And Iron Maiden. So that'll do me. Can't, <laughs> so. can't be beat. No work in Iron Maiden. Raise a glass. Up the irons. Raise the horns. Have a wonderful time. Maiden has always been flawless. I've never seen a bad Iron Maiden show. I've never seen another band upstage them ever. So like, <laughs> sorry, Sharon Osbourne and Ozzy Osbourne in 2005. <laughs> and even at Cooper. I, I was I saw that show and I also saw Cooper co-headline with Maiden, which was amazing. That was my my gift to myself when I graduated grad school about eleven years ago. This time eleven years ago, and even Cooper on his absolute A game at this age and this stage ten years ago, so his early sixties, he had a fire band and they were amazing. But then Maiden came out and they were Maiden, and it's like there's just no beating them. They are unstoppable. They're an unstoppable killing machine live. Even Yannick Gears, I forgive him for not actually. Right. We we joke on that oh, other shoot. podcast with my my uh, host Nick Cameron about. We did a whole series on uh, y- you know Yannick the Panic there, Yannick Panic, but he doesn't. Pl- uh, he's not playing guitar. We know he's not playing guitar. It's okay. We still love him. Uh, but I was gonna say, I think there's there's something like probably back in the nineties when Adrian so Adrian Smith was has always been my my favorite maiden person. You know, like everyone used to have their favorite Spice Girl. Um, Adrian Smith's mine. Um, but yeah, uh, I was not happy with the the choice of the appointment back in the nineties. But once they're all back in, brave new world onwards. I love the fact they kept him in, and they were like, he's a really good guy. We like him. He's written some. To be fair, he's written some incredible songs over the years, like one or two per album. Um, he's, he's got the co-write credit on some absolute cracking tracks. So he's fine now. I, I'm all good with the windmills and the guitar flying everywhere. And the fact they turn his, his, um, his amp off while he's playing, it's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> and I'm at least he's letting play the solos again. <laughs> and I say it with all love. I know I'm not the only one who notices. So, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. They're uh, flawless. He they can, yeah. He's like a great. really, really nice guy. So. Nico is great. Steve is, they're just no complaint like again there's no such right. thing as a bad main show and i'm i hear i hear tale that they're going to come do that little theater tour in america with sinjutsu it hasn't been announced yet but i think when this run of dates is over they're going to announce the u.s for next mm-hmm. spring and supposedly it's going to be like three to five thousand seat theaters or less and they're just going to play sinjutsu with visuals and 
you know, Samurai Eddie, and I'm here for it. I will go. I did not like the Benjamin Breed tour. I was that's the only time I still love the show and I love the band. I was like, I don't love this album that much, but I paid to go. And I was like, it still was a good show. And I think they did like the three, three like wasted years, the true burn and flight of Icarus to close. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, there's, there's a lot of rumors about Bruce um, having a, a new solo album in the can, another Roy Z album right. uh, linked with um, the concept album, apparently linked with the first track of the Book of Souls, um, which was supposed to be a solo song, I think. And then as Bruce has had to suffer throughout the years, Steve Harris heard it and then it was no longer a Bruce solo song. It was. <laughs> But apparently there's a whole album that's going to follow on from uh, If Eternity Should Fail, um, read that somewhere. I don't think it was an April Fool's thing. I'm pretty sure it was a, a genuine article. So I think that's due at some point. Um, and there's lots of rumours because Download Fest have announced dates as they always do, but with no hint of a headliner, but a lot of rumours there, they will be the headliners next year. So but... They would have to be. The one American show they're doing this year is that big power trip festival in October uh, yeah. that I don't think people are buying a lot of tickets to go to on paper. It sounds amazing. I just, it's not really a full true festival. It's just like three nights in a row with two incredible headliners each night. Maiden is going to play with Guns N' Roses, which seems insane to me, but nobody else. And I think the tickets are very expensive. So those are not selling. And I already picked to go do something else. I was like, I thought about it. I was like, eh. I feel like a $2,000 trip just to go see those six bands. As much as I love all those bands, and I don't think Ozzy's going to end up playing. And ACDC is just not back yet, but they, that will be their first show back in many years. But I was like, no. I got to, I can't. <laughs> no, but on the back of, um, so talking about what's been happening this month, so I didn't go to Glastonbury. Um, so I did what I do every year and just watch it on watch it on BBC, on, on coverage. Um, so we had obviously Guns and Roses and there was a lot of, um, depending, 50-50 as always, the Marmite Twitter of, oh, Axel's terrible. Oh, they're great, Guns and Roses are great. So Axel's always been hit and miss live. I don't think that's like, even within the same set. Going back to the 90s, you watch the, the live vids, the VHSs from. Uh, but um, a good friend when I saw them um, last week played Hyde Park and apparently he was like when he was out with ACDC, um, it just nailed everything. It was absolutely bang on. And apparently they were even better at Hyde Park than at Glasgow. But just a great reminder of like how good. I mean, it sounds a stupid thing to say, but how good those three albums are that, um, you know, they've got but also had incredible slashes in life now just missed the live solo just you know just doesn't really matter about the rest you can turn them down well duff dustin was cool as fuck though it looks like he's gonna murder people when he's just like playing but fair play i mean like yeah axel's what 60 61 and he's still tearing around he's still hitting most of the notes in the right order and stuff like that so you know and turning up on time so his stint in acdc i think seems to have uh, <laughs> helped everyone in the long run somehow at this stage in the game axel became more professional i will also will say uh my favorite thing about guns and roses is that axel has a different shirt for every song in the set and slash just sweats through the one or two shirts the whole three hours and i do, i will say this is a very good segue thank you for bringing up gnr and glastonbury but it's uh it's funny to me so like there was a lot of uh, coverage of that reviewer who slaughtered them right and then yeah, yeah. and then gnr i normally i'm like you know if bands should not really complain if they don't like a review should just acknowledge it and move on with all the other good reviews you will get but i but it's funny because i think maybe it was excessive and then yeah. the band clapped back and people seemed to applaud them for defending themselves which i thought was you know 
we've been we've had some situations at Ghost Cult naturally over the years <laughs> where bands have complained about the review and some of the times have complained about a perfectly great review and still didn't like it. Uh, and I won't I won't sully all the details and air the dirty laundry right now. But there's been a few really surprised like right, this record's a ten and the artist did not like the review. <laughs> Yeah, there's one sentence in a review of a nine of ten and the publicist didn't like it or the record label didn't like one sentence could you change the one sentence no i can't change the one sentence unless it's wrong or egregiously inaccurate so i won't change it so it's like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't but gnr is impervious to criticism i will say i've seen gnr twice since the reunion in 2016 axel does not have the power anymore but he can hit the notes and so, and maybe I would run around a little less on stage than him. And of course he now can no longer throw the mic into the crowd anymore because he hit somebody in Australia and broke their face. And now they, they, they were going to sue. So he can't, you know, he literally like uh, thousands of shows, he hit the last note of Paradise City and wing the mic into the crowd. Now uh, he can't. So they're going to save a lot of money on microphones and, um, <laughs> and windscreens. So... Here we are. We are in July. We did a lot of halfway talk in the June episode of the Stephen Keefe Power Hour. Let's just briefly, you know, June was jam-packed with releases. Our crew, once again, this is always my opportunity to say I love you all. Our crew has done an overwhelmingly amazing job this year, as have you with the staff. Just every all our choices. We've had to miss a few things because there were so many releases. We, we've missed a few things. We'll see if they resurface somewhere else. But what a what a year this has already been. We've had some tentpole releases, and there are more to come still. And we can talk about a couple of those. But we we did a very hearty June. It wasn't quite the halfway point, but I was so excited. I wanted to have it out already. But um, it's been an impressive year, man. Like what a year for music. If it stopped tomorrow, we've had a full the gamut across every genre. And I wanted to get your take on that as well. Yeah, no, I think um, it's, been, it's been quite, it's been good to do these monthly check-ins because um, I think both, you know, both you and myself may have certain subgenres that we tend to gravitate towards. Yeah, of course, we will have our, our preferential kind of um, default ones. But we started the year talking a lot about death and black metal and how January was like a really kind of uh, an incredible time for but the underground scene, but then that seemed to die away a little bit. And then we had a lot of the mellow death and kind of um, the more, you know, um, like your insomniums and inflames and, and and things became a little bit, bit more melodic. Um, we sort of jumped around between some thrashier stuff, some heavier stuff, cattle decapitation, picking up over the month fairly recently and come to summer. And maybe it's because the sun's out, but it seems to be like the, the, the more melodic, more rocky stuff is now kind of, in. So we've kind of been weaving in and out, and in between there's been some killer kind of you know stoner psych releases, just steady, constant every month, two or three, really, really kind of you know eight out of ten stellar, stellar records. So it's been kind of interesting to track some of the trends, and I do think there is an underpinning that um, it's been it's been a strong year, I think, for for death and black metal in particular. Um, but it's been it's been quite quite interesting to see, yeah, that it's not really been one dominant band or one dominant um kind of you know style i think you know, we've, we've had previous years we talked about albums come out in january february and they're they dominate you know the the, the discourse for, for the first half of the year like ghost a couple of years ago with uh imperia and so on you know, that was just march release on it and that was all people were talking around 
Whereas this time, it's, it's, it's good to see people bounce around and, you know, albums stick for three or four weeks and, you know, they're sort of topics of conversation and then you're moving on to something else. So it's been, yeah, I found, you know, it's been it's been good to, enough good music, new music to keep you on your toes and to keep you excited and listening and, you know, we want to know what come out. But still, probably a good 10, 12 albums that come back to you regularly um, from the first half of the year. For, you know for, for me already and um, I mean we've, we've talked through the most obviously over the last few the last few months ourselves but um, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of been an interesting interesting to see where the second half of the year goes because I think previous years uh, the last couple of years it tends to be when the bigger bands come out once festival season's done that's when you start getting your kind of you know your heavy hitters I think Machine Head last year was late August um, with, with theirs and then it went into crazy season where it was like it seemed like every every band that was you know theater size or above was then releasing at that point so we're starting to see a few announcements towards the tail end of the year come out now but i think it does tend to be has been the trend over the last couple of years that we're now about to start getting the announcements for the real kind of uh yeah the big hits those that'll be out doing your arena tours in um first half of next year so interesting to see who, who that is though see who's, who's still coming up but yeah my bet would be Baroness, but we talked about them before. Uh, here's here's just a random, and I pro- again, I should probably hit you with these questions before we record and not on the spot, but I just can't seem to help myself. I do this, by the way, it's not you personally. I do this with my other podcast. I just put them on the spot all the time, like my long-suffering co-host, Nick. And um, is there a record, just, and if you can't recollect one right now, that's fine, but is there a record that just came out of nowhere for you? I don't even know that I have one, but is there a record as the person that literally everything comes across your desk and you assign everything? Is there one record you weren't thinking was going to be that big a deal and it just blew you away? What is that record if you have yeah. one? So there's, there's probably two that spring to mind um, off, off the top of my head um, that are out already. Um, one that is due out, we'll talk about probably in um, in a mo, but um so I say two, they just had a brain freeze on one of them. <laughs> so one of them was the uh, the Ginger Wild Heart um, release, Teeth, that didn't know was coming out, saw it announced as a Bandcamp Friday thing. Um, and that, um, it's just kind of like a, a tri- I don't know, it's, it's similar, I suppose, more with the, the mutation kind of stuff that he's done, but it's like uh, 28, 20 odd minutes, just minute and a half, two minute long punk, aggressive songs, uh, but with that natural kind of hook that Ginger Wild Heart just has, you know, is that, amazing ability to write songs that stick in head no matter how aggressive and how punky and nasty they are and i'll come back to teeth quite a lot and um i'm going to mention all father as well because they're a band that i've known online for for a long time met met tom um a few times uh, the singer over the years and we premiered a couple of their bits back and forth and i genuinely they're a band that i've always felt i genuinely don't understand why they've not been picked up by by uh, by back by a label by by a management company and why they're not out there maybe maybe it's because they're in their 40s or late 30s so to some of them uh, <laughs> but all knowing them and all kind of um, underdog woo spirit support behind the new album's fucking brilliant <laughs> i can't stop playing it and i like the previous two and they were good good albums i've happily champion um the, the first two records they've done but violent truth is, is is a brilliant record and that's the one for me that came out of nowhere because uh, t- uh got the promo through and it's like okay yeah this is cool we'll, you know, i'm looking forward to this it'll be good and, and it's like oh no, no 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 this is more than good it's just i don't know we said it before it's like 
it's like Mastodon covering Wolverine Blues, and but as good as those two, you know, those two two bands, you know, as good as that sounds, those two bands doing that would be. So, what have you got then? I'm gonna swing it back on you. I mean, I Who's I yours? also <laughs> could say All Father. That record is just a beast. It I don't quite have a whole full full list yet of my 2023. I always am slacking on the end of year list, but I have like a few earmarked and that's one of them i can i can totally see that one making my top 20 uh i don't have a lot there's like maybe a handful i'm really looking forward to the whole second half of the year anyway so um cloak is is a band i've always liked and we've interviewed scott and that record is like another they have another band that has leveled up their game writing performance and then i'm looking forward to seeing them live again soon they haven't come through the west coast where i could see them yet or if they did, I missed them. But like, I'm, I think they might have did a little run with Exhumed and I missed the show that was sort of close to me regionally. But I'm hoping to get that changed when I get back east. And, um, and I will tell you just a funny anecdote about Ginger Wildheart since you mentioned him. He just, right before we went on, he tweeted that he's looking for help with, he needs to find somebody that knows how to run a label. So I don't know if he's about to launch his own label for his solo stuff or his band, or he's just going to transition off wow. of a label. I noticed, um, so Bandcamp Friday, um, basically, <laughs> I don't know, I won't get into the legal side of it, but he he announced um, a couple of months ago that he is now the Wildhearts because there, none of the other members are left in the band, it's just him. And to be fair, he writes all the songs, the, all the lyrics are his, he's Ginger Wildheart. So yeah, maybe, maybe. but he, he said that the Wildhearts is, is him. But there's going to be a new band and a new thing so maybe it's that maybe but he's been doing um acoustic live or cover album uh, covers acoustic wild hearts retro albums um on Bandcamp fridays and things so clearing the backlog i think and getting um getting ready for whatever is, is coming next but oh interesting yeah I, I, interesting because surely he knows people that have run a few record labels i mean i know he's it was the the which is called Trailblazer for Pledge, and you know one of the very first to, to be hugely successful with um, the yeah the the, the the GoFundMe equivalent stuff and being one of the first people to do that. But interesting, maybe yeah. Bands don't really need. I mean, you need a label, but you don't need a label if you have distribution and good marketing. You can and maybe a good PR. If you have those three things, you yeah. don't actually need a traditional label anymore, especially in underground music, especially in metal. Like you really don't. I do don't I don't want bands to go out there and DIY their PR or marketing badly, <laughs> but I do nope. for me my own sanity <laughs> and yours. I don't want Our them to do it badly. today. Will you but cover I, it? Nope. Right, but I really, yeah yeah like oh my yeah my album is has been out a few months and we got a couple of nice things and I just now thought of you. Could you help with this? Yeah. Probably not, but I want to. I really want to. So anyway, that's fun. Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to remember to ask you these questions in advance and do you some justice. You're such a good friend right. and partner. I'm so sorry. I'm not better at this, but here well, we go. Of, <laughs> say one of these days, I'll actually open the spreadsheet because of being the nerd. I'm in the spreadsheet know, all the I time. The I'm constantly <laughs> referencing it. I'm so grateful it exists. Folks don't know what I'm talking about. We have all kinds of documents and things in the back end. And, and uh, the president, the new president and co-owner of Ghost Cult, Omar, is Mr. Document Spreadsheet check off list thing and i'm not good at that either so he'll you and him can commiserate about my lack of success there but so anywho as long as you you stopped editing it now so i'm fine because you always change the format and you... <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry um i think well i think 
what I my my new secret sauce that I shouldn't admit this. I do this with my right my my full time job. I will down. I will make a, in Google Sheets. I'll make a copy of the original and then turn off the original and mess with the copy to my liking, which is not good business sense because then you forget what's in the original that your bosses are working on. But like that's my dumb brain is like lizard brain, not robotic enough. But anyway, that's how we do. Um, let's just talk for a second about June, right? We did a, a very extensive preview of June and pretty much everything came true that we thought the records we expected to be top notch were. And there were a few others that surprised me. And actually, I think I told, I talked about this offline for me and I'll get to it in a second. For me, I discovered through our writers doing, you know, like, oh, I hadn't really checked that record out too much. Let me actually now that I read the review to edit it, the final edit before it goes live, let me now check it out and listen to it. And I was, or I heard the video and I was like, oh, now I want to hear this whole thing. So there's a couple of those for me. What else stood out to you beside the super big obvious ones? Or if they are super big obvious ones, let's just briefly rap about those. Yeah, well, no, and I, did, I did want to start with probably the the super biggest, the super obvious one. Um, and we talked um last time around Avenged Sevenfold because obviously you've been to the pre um the pre show the, the pre whatever you call it pre-release um party for it the immersive experience now I have a, I have a confession obviously um I like some Avenged um I would never say I, I'm a fan but I also you know when they've been on Scars Kerrang in the past don't send them off City of Evil I'm I'm, I'm I'm you know on that record and I've liked some of the other stuff like Hell to the King um bits like that but life is but a dream. Um, I, I have to say, for a band the size that they are, um, for the profile they've got, to release that record, um, so on, on the last record on the stage where they received quite a lot of critical um, I don't know, negativity and it wasn't the most well-received album um, as progressive or as you know, ambitious as they're trying to be, to then release something more progressive, more ambitious, um, that the last what 15 20 minutes up there's no real guitars in there at all um it kind of goes you know finishes on like a four what, four and a half minute piano piece um and the whole second half of the album starts with um cosmos and this big six minute prog epic i think it's, i think it's a brilliant album and it it's really confused in a good way and impressed me so the first half of june to be to be honest was spent getting my head around, I'm still not sure if I really like it or not, but I think it's an incredible record. And that that really, you know, it, it's got something from the first listen. It's obviously hearing nobody, it's a good, good single, to be fair. It's the most straightforward track on the record, um, works well. But even that's different for them. You know, it's got a really weird, cool kind of, I don't know, like, quasi industrial grungy riff to it. And like, but hearing the album the first time, I was like, this is a mess. This album's an absolute mess. <laughs> and then, and then, it's like, but I want to hear it again. <laughs> I kind of kept having that. And by listen three, I was like, I, it, it's not, it is a mess, but it's not a mess. Um, but I have to say, I think, it's, I think it's, it's probably, I wouldn't say it's my favourite record, but it's probably the best record this year um, for me so far. And I never thought I'd say that about an Avenged Sevenfold record. It's very fair. I also yeah. concur. I, I think it's a grower. It wasn't a show where it's wild. You have to really go on this journey. You have to submit to them and go with them on this weird journey of 
Abbey Road, the Beatles and Tim Rice and Elton John. And, you know, like it's bananas. But at the same time, it's pretty damn metal. There's some some stuff they haven't been this heavy in a long time. This heavy, like, you know, Waking the Fallen is going to be 20 years old next year. And it's that heavy. And I like actually the nobody riff. I had to hear it a few times to get it. It's kind of like the Pantera riff for walk where he's not really playing the notes. He's doing like a slide as yeah, the yeah. picking is actually playing the notes, but the, the left hand is doing, I don't know what, but not fretting chords. It's just like a slide that makes a riff. Yeah. We are like, it's like a drone, like the elevator is broken and you're stuck in the or lift for you. And we're stuck in the lift and I can't, you know, was going and pushing the button and we're not moving. And it's like, mm, that's the sound. <laughs> and uh, I don't know where, they, I don't know where they got this record. They worked really hard on it. I know they were very unhappy with the response to the stage, which is even more all over the place, but less sadly to say less quality and uh, just not as good. Just not as good. It's got some good songs, just not as good overall. And I've, you know, okay. I, I'll give up to doff the trucker hat to uh, Charlie Hill because he he pinned yeah. it down. He was like, this is the most diver- divisive record of the year. This will be the most divisive record of their career. And if you love this record, you love it blindly. And if you don't like it, you will hate it. And he was right. It's never yeah. it should never be. We shouldn't have too many of those anyway for us. But they're, yeah, it's yeah. so on the nose. And um yeah, I love that record. I also I gotta give a, I gotta mention the Foo Fighters record, brutal and not in a heavy way, musically, but brutal emotionally. And if you if you're at all empathetic like I am, and you love Taylor Hawkins like I did, it's a hard record to do on repeat. I haven't listened to it since the review, and I've listened to it like five straight times while writing the review and taking notes and absorbing it in. I didn't really write one word while I had all those singles. They really pretty much put out half the record as singles. And um, it's incredible. And I'm really happy that they're out doing their thing. I am going to see them, I think, at a festival later in the year. But uh, it's a tough one to get through. Yeah. And I and it's uh, it's very similar to the Frank Turner record last year. It's like, I can't listen to this again right now. And I'm going to see Frank Turner yeah. in September. And I was like, uh, please don't play these three songs. <laughs> and he has a lot of those kind of songs. But... Yeah. But coming back to where we started, um, I didn't realise that. So I've been good, cut back on my social media usage. It's much better for my brain. Um, But I didn't realise that Foo Fighters had um, just turned up and done a a surprise set of Glastonbury. Well, say surprise, it seems like the entire universe knew it was going to be them, but but whatever. Um, But seeing that live set, they were really on it. Um, And I think, you know, the, the new lineup works for them about as you know as, as well as it as it can do um but it was it was really cool to see that if you like the triumphant you know return they've, they've released the record and then they're gonna they're, they're coming out and they've announced their stadium shows uh uk way anyway for next year and uh i guess it is that you know life does move on and things and, and i think they're making the right decision to not you know to not leave things where they would have yeah, you know, to leave things behind and to keep pushing on live. But yeah, it was, you know, this is, yeah. I am very much looking that. forward to the eventual Violet Grohl debut album that we will get to review. I'm raising my hand for it now. She's it's marvelous. She's a huge asset to that record. She's on tour with them doing those songs and yeah, yeah. singing backup otherwise as one of the backup singers, but also like he's featuring his child. His other daughter also has a great voice. So 
you know, the guy, the girl family is blessed with girl performers and talents, but her voice almost is like the cherry on top of everything. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, we haven't had like, you know, the June is very typically the big month, right? We, uh, there's always a big release in, in the spring and the summer. So those two were pretty uh, big. Any others uh, floated your boat? Yeah, com- completely ignoring the question that you said at the start. So other than the big massive ones, what do you listen to? <laughs> the other one album that I've listened to a lot this month was Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> I think that's a really good record as well. Again, linked to Glastonbury for me. Um, they, they clashed with Elton John. Um, so I did watch it on the on delay, but uh, they, they seem to be in really good form. I mean, I know it's, again, a divisive record, but I really like the, the Mark Ronson one. Um, they did last time around. I really like the new records. Uh, one of my mates was like, "Guys, I just listened to it. I didn't really, didn't really take it in. I don't get it." It's like second time, those songs will be annoyingly familiar. Third time, you really like it. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened." So fair play. I think yeah, June was a, a big month. You had um, off the top of my head, there was someone else that came out. The oh yeah, Food Fighters and Avenged obviously clashed on the day. Then our album of the month that we get to very very shortly also came out on 2nd of June right at the start a week later uh, two weeks later Queens of the Stone Age so it was a, a big kind of um big start to the month I also dug uh Tiger Cub as well that's um released on Stone Gossard on the Loose Groove um label um that sort of I think kind of they were unfortunate with their timing releasing on the 2nd of, of June against three massive heavyweights they were kind of really good but this kind of I like it's like a just sort of described it as like a more humble um, muse and a you know, less arrogant Queen of the Stone Age kind of vibe. There's big, big kind of like groovy stuff on there, but you know, the, um, some, some really good talent on that on that type of Tiger Cub record as well. Um, but I will go for one to finish June off um, that is a little less um, mainstream, well, a lot less mainstream. But we did pick it um, as a as one to watch, so I'm kind of not really claiming a massive. Um, do you know what I mean Scouts badge on it, but I was really pleased to see the reaction to the new Burner record uh, that came out last week. Um, seemed to be everyone on uh, across the socials was was catching fire on that, and it's just a, a really angry, aggressive, uh, blackened, deathly, hardcore—you know everything you want from that kind of um, I don't know vibe. Yeah, ho- horrible music, uh, <laughs> but good, horrible, really good, horrible music. Um, and that seemed to, I was really pleased with how well that went down and seemed to catch, catch the imagination. Um, end of last week, and I think they their album release show with Mastiff, another excellent but horrible band, um, was, was really good. So, yeah, we're you know, more than happy to keep referring to things as horrible despite being criticized for calling Conjurer that year, a year ago. It's become my default praise for a band. <laughs> if I say they're horrible, we love that terminology and i'll tell you i'm starting to spread it uh big paul mcmillan who has just come on to work with ghost cult in a news team capacity is a promoter in scotland we chatted on the phone he's a lovely fellow and he shared a, a festival he's working today and tagged me in it is this horrible enough for you because we talked about horrible and <laughs> I could not stop smiling for like a whole straight hour, which for me, I like to scowl. So it was great. And um, I've made mean faces, but I'm happy. I don't know. I'm weird, but it it was great that that terminology is taking off. Uh, I I also had burner on my little list that I was going to mention. So I'm glad you did, but I will say that burner gives me all father vibes. So like, again, the cycle, the circle is complete and um, (laughs) it's, it's really, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I've interviewed a bunch of, 
UK metal bands this year and I asked them all the same question. Why is this amazing, difficult, obtuse, horrible, extreme, great music coming out of this country? And uh, I've gotten some good answers, including like, well, but the country is shit, the music gets better. So it was like, <laughs> music gets harder and better. So I was like, all right, fine. And um, uh, same here, buddy, same here. So yeah, yeah good times. Um, I, if you're done, I'll just chime in with a couple because again, we've talked at length about a lot of these. I had Burner. I do want to mention the Boris and Uniform collaborative record. Uh, marvelous blend of the two bands. Boris is yeah. insane. They could do anything. Uniform is insane. They could do anything. Uh, you know, everybody knows how much I love Royal Thunder and that record. Um, yes. So I'm not going to continue to go on and on about it. I think that I liked a couple of records other people didn't like as much. Um, Scar Symmetry is a band I always liked and loved. And uh, this new record is terrific. And our man, oh, yeah. Chris Tipple, smashed it on the review. Yeah. And, you know, there was a couple of others. Uh, Sixth Sense, here's an unconventional band because I just saw that new metal festival. So I saw all this rap metal and new metal classic bands. And then this Sixth Sense record comes out, which is the new band uh, from Vicky, formerly of The Agonist and her partner oh, yeah, and their yeah. band. And it's kind of a rap metal band. And yeah. what it reminded me of was a better version of the band Sven from Aborted had with his ex-wife, System Divide, which was also like very aggressive deathcore and new metal. And so Sixth Sense is like the better, sorry, Svencho, is a better version of that band with a much, you know, an incredible singer. And I think Great actually, nice, yeah, for the first, again. for the first try for them, they've been working on that band for a few years in the background. And for a first, you know, go, I thought that was wonderful and, you know, tickled yeah. me in all the good fun places and i would love to see them live because that's what the real test for that band is going to be is how do they do live and yeah. i do think the record translated very well and there was a bunch there's a bunch of underground evil stuff and there was some good doom uh you had a very nice roundup where you had a couple of uh, releases one or two you or really like that yeah 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 that was a good record so very lots good. of fun stuff um do you want to do the album of the month now and then go oh, into the preview for july yeah why, why not we've been kind of building up we, we've we've flipped around where we stick the album of the month and never quite sure how, how best to build up the tension for it but what i will, will say say yeah well i put my teeth in um is since we've um we've been inviting the the crew to vote on and uh help us choose our album of the month it's always been pretty tight um but this is the first despite the fact we're talking about some like excellent big releases this month um and i do think i'm going to second your your call for scar symmetry i do love a bit of kitchen sink now just you know it's brilliant but this this uh, album of the month is an absolute landslide uh victory um i think more than more than half the votes uh, from everyone was for pupil slicer and blossom on prosthetics yeah, such a horrible band name as well which is great um but I have to say they, they received a lot of credit for the the previous uh, yeah for the, the first record, um, but it was a for me it was it was a bit too angular and I didn't quite get it. Um, so that's on me, not them, because it's clearly a very good um, first record. But I think what they've managed to do on on Blossom is they they've not lost the spite and the anger and the angular side of it and the kind of the, the converge kind of undertone to it, but they have added even better hooks and even better songwriting and songcraft to it. And I think overall what works as well is it's, it's kind of got this um, accessible production, 
but it's still really aggressive and still kind of um, really sharp. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, knife blades on, on to the production. Um, but yeah, they mix that with some really cool, um, like kind of the grungy, poppy, almost melodies, and then some just some really throat ripping vocals. But all comes together in this really, um, I said really about 75 times, sorry. Uh, this is why it's good to write things down because you can then delete some of the words that you say too often. Um, but the, the other bit is the, the dynamics of it. Um, it builds up to the big kind of centerpiece, you know, long, long track, um, big brooding, um, seven minute sort of track. And then, yeah. But yeah, so a lot of um, positivity for me and from the team um, towards the, the Pupil Slicer album Blossom. So, yes. And I know you, you spoke to him, didn't you? you, you I spoke to Luke and yeah. he was lovely and uh, was an, uh, a, no pun intended, an eye-opening chat. And my I spent the 4th oh, of God. July, so bad. <laughs> I spent the 4th of July with my friend who threw a party at her house. She's a, a nurse and has seen all the horrible things in the world as a nurse. And she saw Pupil Slicer and she's like, oh, oh my yeah. God. Like, why is that a band name? I was like, it's exactly what you think it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so no notes, wonderful record. Surely again, going to be vying for some kind of glory later in the year. I suspect if it won by a landslide for the month, it's probably going to yeah. factor heavily in everybody's list later in the year. And this is, I usually say, this is the time of the year where people start to hopefully think about their lists, or this is when this is, they usually don't go back further than this, which could be a problem for some of the earlier year yeah. things. But uh, what a record. And I sadly, I don't know unless a big band pulls them out here or a big festival throws them a bag of money to come here. Luke cast some doubt on to when they can ever tour overseas. Just wow. they're 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 Money as most bands are afraid to do a big tour across the world and have it fail because then you're not, you know, could end your band. It's it's happening a lot. Yeah. So I hope. I hope somebody's listening to this and they take that band. They're like, we want that band over here with us. Let's throw them whatever they yeah. need to make it happen. So I'm hopeful that's going to happen, but, or a festival. Yeah. And, and I think just the coming away from people sites, just to close off, we've talked before about the coverage, the amount of good records that are out there. So we, we try and listen to, to every record ourselves between you and I, that before we, we pitch them to the, to the team for coverage. And hopefully we would, we try and, um, or out the um anything that you know isn't going to appease but by the end of june uh, we hit 330 reviews uh, for the year um which i think last year we were somewhere around like 550 for the, for the year so we are on course to to add about i think about another 100 reviews on if we keep it at the same pace for the second half of the year so um but that's a lot of you know that's a, that's a lot of records <laughs> but and yeah, the more records we, we review, that means that like things like the end of your lists are going to be wild, right? Because everybody's going to have like yeah. a, their, their favorites, but also like the what I don't know if writers tend to just like vote for the things they wrote, but like some do. And, um, you know, we have a very diverse staff with different tastes. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I would like to lean heavier into uh, we did so well uh with that death metal list last year i really would like to lean into doing a list for all the genres we'll see how much work it is yeah. um even if it's just kind of a general thing not then have to be that as deep as that one was but it did so well um still getting hits on it like six months later where people are discovering that list and finding yeah. those bands so it's really gratifying 
for us. And um, yeah, in terms of July, we're already in it and we have a release day tomorrow. This is going to run right away after this is over. But just tell me, uh, just if you have a handful of rec releases you're really high on uh, going in. No, it's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, tearing down the fourth wall that we're recording this uh, late on Thursday the sixth, just before. Um, but no, there's, there's one um, big one record in particular out tomorrow, or um, which is the the second Black Braid album, um, which I only heard for the first time um, this week. Um, so Tim Ledin is on reviews duty uh, for us this time around. He, he's he's written a an excellent review um, that I'd obviously had black braid high up on my list of things to check out and the second i finished reading his reviews i'm like, impressed and play i'm sticking this on now and it doesn't um doesn't let you down it lives up to expectations so um i'm quite quite happy to give a bit of a spoiler on that one because it'll be out pretty much by the time anyone hears this um sticking with black and stuff but um coming back to the uk to to our fetid little aisle at the moment but um next week we've got the caligram album um their first for prosthetic but position momentum um big fan of that that's gonna do some i think it's gonna do some business for them um they get you talk about getting on the right tours if, if the stars align um and they can take take that out with the right band um that this it'll give them a chance this record very very good record it's very um i say blackened rather than blackmail i think it is ostensibly a black metal record but it's got those hardcore and those sludgy kind of undertone to it that aggressiveness you know it's, it's not um pretty tremolo picking you know it's, it's like an angry black and record um but I really really um like what i've heard of for that um interesting one coming up also next week actually that um i've stayed away from because i want to hear the, the full version in all its glories of the Cavalera re-record of Morbid Visions and Beast of Devastation. So and that's quite an interesting, interesting one. Um, the other ones on the radar, a little bit of dotting around to be fair. Um, the new Paris record Evergreen um, is out again next week. So next week's pretty stacked to be honest. Most of the records coming out next week. Um, but it's, it's um, obviously Paris has done quite a, a, a wide variety of stuff within the realm of dark pop or you know whatever you want to call it rock, rocky rocky pop side of things that seems to be a little um poppier this time around than than i i personally thought it was going to be but in a good way like you know what i've heard so far is, is really positive i'm looking forward to hearing the full record uh, also next week um so sorry for the rest of the month you know everything's around the 14th of july for me uh, and I do apologise in advance for the pronunciation, but this is one of the records that the one I was leading to that, I, that surprised me and blown me away and I wasn't expecting um, at all, is Voice of Bacheprot, Indonesian. I think that's about as... The, to be fair to the, thanks to Hold Tight, the PR company, for putting in the press release how you're supposed to pronounce it, but I still struggled. Sorry. <laughs> so we do love Hold Tight. Um, we love all of the PRs, obviously, but... They are, yeah, um, very helpful um, with that one. So, but yeah, that's kind of, um, it's hard to describe, but it's like a melodic alternative prog metal uh, Indonesian band. So the kind of the, the, I guess their background's different to a lot of bands that we might usually pick up in here, but it does seem to have a bit of a, a push and a bit of a kind of um, a chance of, of breaking, you know, breaking them through somewhere. Um, so fingers crossed, but we'll, we'll hold the spoilers back on more of that um Christopher's on review for us so that'll be out next week for that and the final one for me um coming back to the blackened stuff but not out next week at the end of the month 
um, is the sun's journey through the night um, uh, around wordless on church road and it's, it's a, a quite an interesting um so i've talked quite a lot how i've fallen back in love with black metal this year and this was quite interesting because it's a very vocally led black metal album and a lot of the pace and the impetus and the momentum and the power comes in the vocals where obviously a lot of the time black metal have quite sweeping instrumental passages so once yeah once to, to watch out for later in the month so, so that's my nice any right <laughs> yeah, gonna, i have yet to hear that album so i need to go listen to that record that's a great list uh i've just taken to calling that other band vob um like yeah. vod but vob and i will say that if you come from a country you could get killed you know by, by the state for making this kind of music and being a female it's probably awesome probably you know music made from strife and struggle when you might die for making this kind of music it's probably going to be badass um kind of a mix of popular and underground releases for july for me will haven this week uh west coast hardcore noise rock highly influential a band everybody knows they're supposed to like but i don't know that people really are tuned to them this record's not a comeback record they already had that record but this is a continuation of their 2018 record this is a new uh, it's pretty badass. I listened to the whole thing a few times because I interviewed uh, the band and I love this record. Uh, also, also second album from All Drake as the leader of Evil, British Thrash and more. Always a good time. Guy's an incredible artist. Interested to hear how he's talking about stepping his game up as a writer and, and vocalist now. First time was Rocky. He was kind of figuring it out as he went along. Now he's much more comfortable, performed a lot. As the lead vocalist, Zenith Passage is a progressive death metal band. You might know the lead vocalist is Derek Demon Cleaner Ryquist, formerly of The Faceless and a bunch of other bands. So that's a cool project. That's on Metal Blade. Um, Mismore, always a great underground band. Your Roadburn bands, as I call them, and, the, and a really excellent artist. The main conspirator of that band is ALN, and uh, tremendous. That's going to be a tremendous album. I had to. Uh, Remove myself from the equation of reviewing or interviewing Oxbow because 32 years ago, I was walking around the Bronx with my stonewashed jacket with patches and my mullet, listening with my big headphones with orange uh, foam on them and listening to Fuckfest by Oz Oxbow nonstop for like a year straight in 1991. Uh, Samnuri on Monarch Heavy. Doom metal, that label doesn't have a tremendous amount of doom metal bands until you realize they have Crowbar and they have some High on Fire and they have Lord Dying. So they actually do have a lot of doom metal bands and some Nuri's have been from New York City. I followed for a long time, so very happy for those chaps. And then um, on, the, on the more commercially viable part of the spectrum, Seven Dust can never go wrong with a good Seven Dust record, great band. Uh, I know they're starting to kind of wind it down for them do less over time. They're talking about touring less and maybe making less records. So very interested in this new record and Mutoid Man uh, with their new lineup, but probably none of the edge gloss. Their last record was a banger. I expect the same from this one. I love anything Steve Brodsky does, Cave In, Mutoid Man, when he's on Converge, what a Blood Moon, whatever. I want all the records from that guy. So that's kind of my list, a little bit of underground. I also too am curious about the Cavalera record. I kind of just wish the brothers would just make new music, but you know, that's certainly their birthright and their own, you know, they own those albums and it's their right to do them over and put them out their way and new artwork and things like that and vinyl variants and shirts. But 
I almost kind of wish the two of them had kept Cavalera Conspiracy a thing and made yeah. new music like that. But whatever, I'm selfish. First two albums, yeah. It was inflicted in Blunt Force Trauma. Oh, really I love that I'm your host, Selfish yeah. Prick, yeah. with music opinions. And <laughs> this has been our podcast. Um, so yeah, lot, you know, lots of good stuff. Yeah, just to just to highlight a couple of guests. I know Gary Alcock um, is has been desperate for the, his re- his review of Voyager to be released to the world so he can tell everyone how much he loves it. So give a little bit of a spoiler there. So Australia's Eurovision entry, because obviously Australia is in Europe. So uh, well then, UK isn't anymore, and we're allowed in Eurovision. So whatever, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows how it goes? Um, but yeah, so. Um, Gary is waxing lyrical about the Voyager record in the next couple of weeks, whatever that is. Uh, there's a Greta Van Fleet album up soon. I know they're quite a divisive band, um, but we've managed to track down at least one person in the team that is uh, is, is, a, is a fan or is open to it. No, there's a few um, with the choose, which is good. Um, but obviously, they've never quite landed with me, so I was quite pleased that I didn't have to try and pretend that I know all about them. Um, we also got an Unquested and the Dead Beats record due out at the end of the month, which I'm um, looking forward to as well. And as I like to do, we'll finish off with a couple of um, underground horrible records, just so that you may or may not be a band you may or may not have um, been, been aware of. Um, so we have, well, I think everyone knows about Crown Magnetar, but um, but they are, they're, they're releasing um, on Unique Leader, Everything Bleeds record, middle of the month, important, so Tech Deathcore. And my monthly recommendation of some disgusting death metal for the underground oozing swamps and things is Ageless Summoning on Dark Descent with Corrupting the Entempled Plane. That's a really good record, to be fair. <laughs> so um, it's kind of like the you know proper under- old school underground death metal, but with the the right amount of, it feels weird to say hooks and accessibility, but it's got something, you know, it's not just, um, disgusting who's <laughs> so there you go all my notes done <laughs> nicely done nicely done what you know what a gift it is to get together with you and chop it up every month on these i enjoy these the most and i hope you have too if you're out there listening to the Stephen keefe power hour thanks again for being here if you made it this far and actually listened to this entire thing you are a real one and we really appreciate you and you can show your appreciation back by liking and subscribing or giving us a review, a rating, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen to these things, they're everywhere. YouTube, it's a YouTube podcast is a thing now. I haven't actually put these episodes on YouTube, but maybe I should. And uh, not the video, but just the audio. And because um, we're far too goofy to do with videos, right. but uh, maybe in the future. And uh, once again- yeah really <laughs> once again this is the ghost cult magazine podcast i am your host keefe again thank you steve always a pleasure and we'll do it again next month see you soon Take care, right. everyone. thanks so much and peace